can listen to The Front on your smart speaker every morning. To hear the latest episode, just say, play the news from The Australian. From The Australian, here's what's on The Front. I'm Claire Harvey. It's Thursday, December 14. Israel has slated Australia for voting at the United Nations for a ceasefire in Gaza as the war continues to throw up tales of human tragedy. Approximately 137 Israeli hostages are estimated to be trapped in Gaza, as the approximately 100 so far freed give harrowing accounts of abuse. Within Gaza, there's an ongoing civilian emergency as ground combat escalates. The government is raking in cash and Treasury is optimistic that inflation will fall much faster than the Reserve Bank is anticipating. That's the core of Treasurer Jim Chalmers' mid-year mini-budget, which forecasts another surplus for 2023-24 before the budget goes back into deficit. Lisa Wilkinson will give evidence today in the federal court defamation trial sparked by her interview with former Liberal staffer Brittany Higgins. Bruce Lehrman is suing Network 10 and Wilkinson over the story, which he says wrongly alleged he was a rapist and destroyed his life. In the witness box on Wednesday, producer Angus Llewellyn conceded the project had no proof to back up Higgins's claim of a government cover-up. That's today's story. A quick note, this episode contains allegations of sexual assault. On 15 February 2021, this is how the project introduced its big story, an interview with Brittany Higgins. We've used a voice actor to bring you Lisa Wilkinson's words. Tonight, claims of rape, roadblocks to a police investigation and a young woman forced to choose between her career and the pursuit of justice. And it all happened right in the heart of our democracy. Brittany Higgins says the government betrayed her. On his second day of evidence in the federal court, producer Angus Llewellyn admitted the project had no proof Higgins' claims about the government were true. The cover-up was an important element of the story for the project. In her initial January 2021 text to Llewellyn about the story, Lisa Wilkinson said this, We've used a voice actor to bring you her message contained in Angus Llewellyn's affidavit. I have an explosive political story for Sunday Project. It's an extraordinary cover-up involving Linda Reynolds, Michaela Cash and the PMO. It all turned on Higgins' claim that she'd been pressured by Minister Linda Reynolds and her Chief of Staff Fiona Brown not to proceed with a police investigation. We've used a voice actor to bring you Higgins' words from a transcript of a pre-interview meeting with the project team, tendered in court. Asked if she was threatened with losing her job, Higgins said this. Not explicitly, but it was clear. It was, you can proceed with this, we're not going to stop you, but you just don't have a job. In the broadcast interview, Higgins said this while describing then-Minister Linda Reynolds' reaction to being told about the alleged rape. She was apologetic, she was nice, she did say nice words. She was apologetic, she asked how I was. Then pretty quickly the conversation turned to sort of the police and if I chose to go to the police, we would support you. And it was this sort of... It felt like a weird sort of checking a box moment, that they could sort of fulfil that quota, that the minister said that to me on record, and that I would then, it didn't feel like a real conversation. 
They were kind of talking to me like a real human being, and then it kind of switched into, okay, we have to say this, this was said, and then successively all their actions following that made it very clear that that wasn't anything that was actually a real feasible thing for me to do. She went on. The minister clearly didn't want to hear about it anymore. She didn't really want to see me anymore. It was dismissed. It was played down and I was made to feel like it was my problem. Matthew Richardson, counsel for Bruce Lehrman, put it to Llewellyn there were serious inconsistencies in Higgins' account and suggested Llewellyn had no proof of her claim to have been pressured. Llewellyn wouldn't agree. After a tortuous series of questions and answers, Justice Michael Lee intervened. Are you saying that at the time the program was broadcast, you had no proof of an allegation that she was being told that if she proceeded with police charges, that is, pursued the rape allegations, that she'd lose her job? It was, it was... If you could focus on my question and answer, please. Was that your state of mind at the time of the publication of the program, what I put to you? When I asked Ms Brown those questions... Please, I'm going to ask you to be responsive to my question. It's yes... No, or I can't recall. Can you attend to answering my question, please? Was that your state of mind? Was it not your state of mind? Or you can't recall your state of mind? I didn't have proof. Sorry? I did not have proof. Does that mean the answer to my question is yes? Yes. Peter Meekin is a legendary TV executive. He's run news and current affairs at all the major commercial broadcasters, And since the 1970s, he's strode across the television landscape, tangling with the huge personalities and massive egos of Australian media. Meekin is famously fearsome and blunt. In 2019, he was at Network 10. In February, Meekin read a script for the project's big interview with Brittany Higgins and sent Llewellyn an email saying it was excellent work. But he raised a concern. Here's Peter Meekin's email to Angus Llewellyn, read by a voice actor. I did notice a small point about Linda Reynolds' reaction. Brittany says her initial words were kind and supportive, but a moment later we're told she was uncomfortable with her. Is there any explanation for the change of heart? Llewellyn replied by email. Thanks, Peter. Yes, I reckon once you see the way Brittany says all this stuff, you'll have a far better idea of the feel and the shifts in tone. In the witness box, Richardson asked what Llewellyn had done about this serious inconsistency being raised by Meekin. Llewellyn said it was handled in the editing process, but he didn't have any emails or messages showing how he settled Meekin's concern. I had many, many conversations. Most of my work is done on the phone. Coming up, what the project didn't include. Access a world of true crime podcasts on CrimeX Plus, where award-winning journalists take a deep dive into unsolved cases. Every week, we're waking up to a dead woman. A dead mother, sister, auntie, grandmother. It's not good enough. From the team that brought you The Teacher's Pet, Shadow of Doubt and Dying Rose, unlock early, ad-free and bonus content from brand new series and flagship shows such as I Catch Killers with Gary Jubilin. One was shot in the mouth and I thought he was dead. Another one had been shot with a shotgun and I got the overspray. Search for Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts to start digging deep into the world of true crime.
Another thread of Bruce Lehrman's case against Ten and Wilkinson is that they didn't give Lehrman proper opportunity to respond before publication. In the recorded pre-interview, Llewellyn can be heard telling Higgins and her partner David Shiraz he'll have to go to Bruce Lehrman for a response. If we're making the accusations about him, as well as making the accusation against all the people covering up, then we look at the right time so as to prevent there being injunctions, things like that, we would go to him. At this point, there's an audible intake of breath from David Shiraz. And we would go to the minister's offices. If we're making accusations, we'd have to give everyone reasonable chances to reply. Reasonable can be pretty iffy, as long as it's not five minutes before broadcast. If it's 10 minutes, we should be okay. In court, Llewellyn said both Higgins and Shiraz were shocked, describing it as the first moment it was dawning on them that he would have to go to Lehrman before broadcast for comment. Their faces told me, oh, this is shocking news. I want to suggest you were saying, don't worry, we'll do a number on Bruce Lerman. A ridiculous suggestion and completely incorrect. Yesterday on The Front, we told you about a description in Llewellyn's affidavit about an angry phone call from Scott Morrison's Chief of Staff, Andrew Carswell, after Llewellyn sent questions to the ministers and former senior staffer, Fiona Brown. The court heard Carswell sent Llewellyn two documents before the project aired an HR document outlining a conversation Fiona Brown had soon after Higgins had disclosed the alleged rape, in which Brown said she and Reynolds had offered Higgins their full support, encouraged her to go to the police, and facilitated her first contact with the cops. The other document was a screenshot of a text Carswell said he'd been sent by Brittany Higgins to Fiona Brown, saying this. I wanted to say this in person, but I cannot overstate how much I valued your support and advice throughout this period. You've been absolutely incredible, and I'm so appreciative. Brown also sent a picture of a bottle of champagne tied with a ribbon. I want to suggest that the broadcast in no way fairly reported the information that Mr Carswell had supplied to you. No, I disagree. Subscribers to The Australian get up-to-the-minute reports from court all day, Plus, all our reporting, analysis and exclusives. Check it out at theaustralian.com.au. A troubled young woman. Her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.